Welcome to today's episode of Make Smart Sexy. My name is Karen and I'm a health and wellness coach. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast review of the week. Another five stars reigning titled Thinking About My Health by Nettel. I listened to MSS07 because I want to understand the challenges people face in starting to exercise. Karen was empathetic towards people's difficulty in starting an exercise routine and provide sensible ways to make a change in life. She shares with her challenges too. That makes it relatable. If you need that notch to start your health journey through exercise, this podcast will help. Oh, thank you so much for this uh, generous comment and please continue to support this. Thank you. So today is my second five-part mini-series on mental well-being. In each episode, I will have guests to converse and share with you listeners on this topic. So today, I'm really honored to have to be exploring on burnout with two young guests whose names are Emma and Ethan. So Ethan, welcome back to the show. And Hi. Emma, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're most welcome. So before we start, <laughs> let's get Emma to introduce herself. Who you are, who are you, and what do you do? Um, my name is Emma. I am 17 this year and I am currently hosting a podcast. This is my first time guesting on a podcast, actually. Oh, I've never nice. guested on one before. <laughs> yeah. So you can check us out at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast on Instagram and we are the Socially Awkward Podcast on Spotify. It's really good. I've checked it out. I've listened to the first five episodes. They're really awesome. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and you asked really good questions. I think I, I left a review on your on the Apple podcast. Aw, thank you. <laughs> it's really funny. None of none of the cast uses Apple, so we don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. The irony. So y'all don't know how you guys are doing on Apple? We have no idea. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Check it out, <laughs> folks. Check it out. Okay, so let's talk about um, burnout um, from the two of you, right? So what do you understand about burnout? What does that mean to you guys? You want to go first? Uh, sure. I think there are a lot of different types of burnout and it's mm. difficult to put one overarching definition on like what burnout is. But to me and like to my understanding of it, it's when you've been living in a lifestyle of overworking yourself and just running yourself down to the ground. And it affects your emotional state, your mental state, your physical state sometimes, and even your spiritual state as well. And uh, I guess it's just an accumulation of not living in a lifestyle of rest. That's, that's what it is for me. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, it's not having really the boundaries in place to make time for myself and make time to recharge. So just putting everything around me before myself, in a sense. Not that putting things before yourself is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, mm. but there should be a limit to it also. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. boundaries. Mm. Okay. So so it sounds like it's a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion, right? Caused by mm -hmm. stress. Mm -hmm. It could be excessive or prolonged. And then it happens when you feel overwhelmed, right? Emotionally drained mm -hmm. and then not able to meet constant demands. Um, and you are 18, Ethan, and mm -hmm. 17, yep. Emma, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like in, in the modern days of um, a teenagehood, right? It's, it's really... Um, not easy to comprehend the lives of a teenager. 
I mean, like teens don't have to worry about build a career or holding down a business or household, right? I mean, you guys experience a different kind of stress or different sources of stress. Um, you know, issues like bullying, peer pressure, academic issues can be very stressful. And I know that both of you have been homeschooled before, right? Maybe tell us, um, each of you, the experience, been homeschooled. Did you experience any um, burnout and how did you overcome that? Maybe one question at a time. Yeah. From Ethan You're a little or more recently in it. Okay. So I'm actually still studying and I don't necessarily feel burnt out from school, but I also don't really feel fulfilled by it either. So it's like a, it's like a, Yeah, so it's not that I feel burnt out from school, but it's also I feel like I'm powerless to manage my time in that aspect because I can spend like two hours looking at the same page and not understanding what is going on. What? Two hours is a while, bro. <laughs> it is a long time. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so I just spend a lot of time at school, like doing school, but nothing comes out of it. And that gets very frustrating for me. Mm. Yeah. So th- does it mean that you were not like concentrating? Elaborate on that on that on that bit. Like, what does that mean? Very okay. Well, I get lost in my head a lot. So I'll look at one thing and I'll be like, "Oh, this is in relation to this and this." And then the next thing I know, I'm off in like a different. <laughs> I'm off in a different world. <laughs> so. <laughs> I get okay. I get distracted very easily, but it's not necessarily by things around me. It's just by stuff in my head. So my mom's always like, oh, yeah, limit distractions, limit distractions, take away whatever it is from your desk. But it's not the things at my desk. You, you're the that are, I am the distraction. I am the problem here. <laughs> yeah. So not really burnt out from it, per se. I don't know if I do enough of it to be burnt out by it, but it is something that is on my mind a lot. So was that? Would you say that was the the um, a stressful experience for you, or most stressful experience when you get into that kind of state? Um, I think it can be stressful, but I've also learned how to manage it. Um, I try not to. Okay, well, like for studying stuff, I try not to study when I'm sitting in my bed because mm. for me, I like to keep that off limits. Okay, sleep. That's what I do. I mm. I go to my bed to rest and to chill. Everything beyond that sphere is fair game. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very so, wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I can work anywhere just as long as it's not on my bed. So that's just a personal rule that I've set for myself. So if I'm on my bed, I'm taking a break. I'm not yeah. working on anything. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's school or paying work or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to set boundaries, right? You know, setting boundaries yeah. is key. It's key for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so how did you then overcome, um, or rather, okay, um, like, are you still experiencing that sort of um, mental um, state though? I wouldn't say mental breakdown, right? It, it wouldn't be a mental breakdown, it's not, but it's yeah. a discomfort maybe, would you say? It's a little bit like a block. I wouldn't really know how to describe it, but it's a little bit like a block because it feels like I'm putting a lot of time into something, but I'm not seeing any outcome from it. And like, I've talked this over with my mom before and Mm. we've, because she's the one who mainly supervises or assists me and my brother in our schooling. 
Okay. And we've tried looking at different ways to do it. And sometimes it's just their better days and their worst days. So it's just hard to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you like um, overcome this or even like recognize this and maybe like minimize the number of times that you get this block in your head? Are there any remedies? Um, hmm. I used to put sticky notes everywhere. (laughs) I used to put post-it notes everywhere. So I would have like one post-it note on the front of my textbook that's like sit up straight. Another post-it note that's like pay attention to what you're doing. And then another post-it note that's like, okay, now ask yourself a question about whatever it is you're looking at. And I used to have post-it notes everywhere and then it would get really messy. So for me, that was still the most effective way of doing things because it, seeing something physically there to remind me grounded me. So it would be things like, okay, taking note of what time I start, what time I stop, how much have I gotten done in this time period and being mindful of that. But it's still something that I have to work on. Yeah. Mm. So it's like looking out for cues and then giving yourself routine or a schedule to work on, right? Allow yourself to be having a, a structure sort of to follow. Well, although... I, okay, I definitely need the structure. So I feel like mm. I would have done better in school because I do better working with people around me. It's really, it's really weird. So I pulled out of school because I'm dyslexic, so I couldn't keep up with school. But at the same time, I worked more effectively in school because I had the energy of the people around me You're to such kind an of. <laughs> it's okay. It's not that I'm an extrovert because I want to be. That's another. That's, that's yeah. a. That's a different. That's a that's different. Another that's another problem. But <laughs> yeah. So like, I feel like there is a sense of healthy peer pressure mm-hmm. that comes from being in school. But I've watched my friends around me experience unhealthy forms of that too. Okay. Yeah. So in a way, you sort of like thrive for social connections, right? Having a, a healthier, vibrant community of friends that can give you that positivity. Yeah, I think being able to observe the people around me and go, okay, everybody's working. I too must work (laughs) Mm. really helps me because it's like, you know, if all of these people around me are doing it, why can't I, in a sense? Yeah. I think it's also like being in the setting and like a atmosphere where everybody is studying and a student, like that definitely helps because when you're at home, it's like, oh, I could be like, doing whatever I want. I could be like playing an instrument or I could be like drawing something. Mm-hmm. But when you're at school, it's like everyone is studying. So it's like, yeah. I, I should probably... Everybody is there for like the same purpose. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. How about you, But Ethan? that's it. Like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Emma. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. That said, um, it really does depend on the person because some people just need quiet to work. Mm. So I know some people who go to school and they can't get anything done but then they come home and they just grind and they get everything done so it's like it's really, it's really <laughs> weird <laughs> everyone's different yeah yeah but what about you in terms of like my experience of school burnout yeah yeah your mm-hmm. your homeschool experience did you feel any burnout during that time i think i was very fortunate and very blessed to have like a mom that was I wouldn't say like always on my head, but she was really good at keeping me on track. So because of that, like um, I'm very blessed and I didn't really suffer so much burnout when I was studying because my mom is just such a fantastic planner and scheduler and I love her for that. 
Um, I think my experiences with burnout have never so much been with school, but it's been like in my working experience. So I'm not saying like my current job, but like actually sort of kind of, yeah. But like in other places, not typically in school, because school for me, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not the brightest kid, but like I never felt an overwhelming sense of pressure that I think a lot of kids have here mm -hmm. and I'm very blessed and very fortunate to have escaped that in a sense yeah mm. you did your homeschooling in Shanghai correct Ethan mm -hmm. yeah I did yeah. so I think that you, definitely uh, helped yeah, yeah that's that's correct yeah so so share with us your experience your international experience you know um I think it's something very different I think you also had that right Emma um, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I homeschooled a little bit when I was living in Bhutan. Mm. Yeah, so how was it like? Like, what was the homeschool experience? Um, I mean, we, we can just digress a bit to allow a proper context, a background, right? Because the education system here is definitely very different, right? Students in mm. Singapore face a different type of burnout, I think, <laughs> comparing stress oh, yeah. level, right? Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's a yeah. lot it's a lot higher than um, than mm. other country, if I may say that. Yeah, so if you could just mm. share with us um, maybe a bit of your international experience, like how did you like it? What was it different? Mm. You want to go first? Because I feel like my experience was very different from yours. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so for me, I was born and raised in China. So from the get-go, I was like, I've never really lived in Singapore like mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Like sometimes I would drop in for Chinese New Year's and collect my uncles and then head back to China. <laughs> but other than that, I basically like have never stayed in Singapore for a proper amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my experience in homeschooling in, in China was a little bit more, I want to say unique, but like I, I've heard like a lot of people be like, oh, the community there is great. And like, oh, we had lots of friends to study with and blah, blah, blah. blah. I don't know if it's because my mom didn't connect me with them, but I, I did as just could not find like people to study with. And that's like in some ways a blessing and in some ways like mm. kind of eh, stunted social abilities, blah, 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 blah. Right. Anyway, um, now I think- Now he's overcompensating. Yeah, now I'm overcompensating. burnt out relationally. Okay. okay. That's, okay. See, this is why we don't hang out more often. Um, yeah, I think like- it was a good thing for me at the time because it really allowed me to focus on my studies, which is why I could graduate early. So I could really like grind and focus on my studies and get all of my major exams and um, diplomas done. And it also allowed me to really explore um, my interests. So I don't think I would have had a lot of time to fully understand what I wanted or uh, what I wanted to study or um, what I really wanted to like focus on in terms of my hobbies and yeah, so I think that time by myself and not, I don't want to say isolated because I wasn't, I had like friends here and there, mm -hmm. but I think having that time to really stay focused on my studies was a really good time for me. Um, and yeah, okay. I think that's pretty different from your experience, right, Emma? Mm -hmm. So I started homeschooling in second grade. My I went to a local school here in Singapore when like for kindergarten and grade one primary school mm -hmm. and then my parents pulled me out because um they felt that well we're christian so they felt that this was where god was leading them and they had some really good experiences with homeschool families back in the united states where i was born and they had mm -hmm. felt that they wanted to homeschool but in singapore it's very easy to put your kid into the school system and then just like yeah. let it happen let it run its course yeah, yeah. let it run mm -hmm. its course so um they did that and then 
from the get-go, I feel like I had fantastic kindergarten teachers because they were like, your kid, your, there's something wrong with your kid. <laughs> she can't read. She can't read. She can't read. <laughs> 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 they were like, I think your kid might be dyslexic. So then, um, but in Singapore, you can't get tested until I think you're seven or eight years oh, old. Really? Yeah, oh, you, oh, you can't. So um, once I did get tested, I was mm-hmm. in first grade and then I would go to these supplementary classes to try to be able to catch up with the Dyslexia Association of Singapore. But eventually we decided that um, it would be best to homeschool me because I just wasn't doing very well in school. I learned a lot, um, but I feel like it was more on the social aspect rather than the educational um, textbook knowledge aspect. Yeah. Mm, Okay. Okay. Wow. And uh, so, so during the period of time when you were been homeschooled, or even currently, right, you've been homeschooled, mm-hmm. um, do you have any friends who are experiencing such a burnout or in a situation like we're talking about, like stress? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, so many. <laughs> so many. Mm. Um, all of my friends are stressed about something, whether it's a friend, work, or school, a or a relationship, or family. Mm-hmm. It really just... It comes from everywhere and I mm. feel really bad for them because it's almost like there's no escape sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because even when you have no problems, it seems like problems just manifest themselves. I don't know if it's a good yeah. thing with you guys, but like even when things are going perfectly fine for me, it's somehow like, I'll find a way to stress myself out. Yeah. So like everything just hitting them all at once kind of builds this irrational fear that just because everything is going good something bad is going to happen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it seems like, um, you know, like like what we talked about, Ethan, um, ANTS, A-N-T-S, right? Having the mm. automatic negative thoughts. But yeah. it's more like something they want to, f- not they deliberately want to find um, stress or worry for themselves, um, but maybe they just don't believe that they can lead a stressful life. I don't know. I think there's something that um, it could be, we can talk about it more. So, what are the possible outcomes of untreated burnout? Like, you know, based on what you guys know, what could happen if there's not been treated? Depression and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why'd you laugh at that? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the weirdest reaction. <laughs> um, I think based on personal experience, like from when I've been burned out by work mm. and... Um, the stress of it, I think usually it's it's led me to become a lot more of an anxious and cynical person. I think when, I, when I'm when i feeling tired and burnt out, like my parents are always like, my family's like, why are you so negative all the time? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because everything's, everything's falling apart. And I'm like, but I realized that one, one major like telltale sign and like one thing that really um, affects or like one common effect that I think um, comes from burnout, for me at least, is you become really cynical and you become very negative. And even like things you used to enjoy uh, become really like sien, like they become like, you know, sien. Yeah, I know yeah. what sien is. Okay. Like, like lifeless sort of? Yeah, mm. yeah it's yeah. like you just can't enjoy it, you know? Mm. And I think that's the scariest part of burnout because you just feel like you're caught up in the motion of it and um, everything kind of loses its purpose almost, mm. yeah. I think for me, it was like, I have pictures from when I was really like in the thick of burnout and 
my eyes were so dead inside. <laughs> like even when I was smiling, it took so much energy to emote. And I was like, you know, I wish I could feel something mm. like anything at all. Thankfully, it didn't lead down to any paths of like self-harm or whatever, because I was just too tired. <laughs> it worked out in the end but i remember i had some friends like come up the thing is i didn't realize i was burnt out i thought i was doing fine because i was functioning but i realized that just because you are in your functional state Mm. doesn't Mm. make it an ideal state Mm. and i had to learn that the hard way (laughs) unfortunately Mm. and i remember friends like a couple of friends came up to me and they were like Emma, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's what's up? And they're like, your eyes. <laughs> There's something wrong with your you eyes. I was like, yeah, I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. And they were like, no, you're like, your soul just is gone. just gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. well then. <laughs> I'm going to politely ignore that. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting that you brought yeah. up like functionality because a lot of people are burnt out and like they can still like, function and work at your jobs perfectly fine mm. but down inside you're like so done with everything and yeah. that's the difficult thing about burnout because mm-hmm. you never really know because sometimes people still pull out the same amount of work and they mm-hmm. are still being just mm-hmm. as productive mm-hmm. but productivity is not a gauge of how healthy you are i think mm-hmm. it's one gauge but it's not the sole defining factor of what makes a healthy individual yeah and yeah. i think that also kind of makes it worse almost especially when you're putting out the same amount of work or even more because oh, yeah. you're like oh no, if I really am this thing, then what justifies me taking a break? Because Mm. if anything, I'm still functioning. I'm still putting out the Mm. amount of work that Mm. I need to, if not more. And there's really no justifying stopping. Mm. So you just get caught in a cycle of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really about establishing your, you know, like self-purpose and meaning in life. Right. What are you doing and why are you doing what you're doing? So what what's the drive behind this? Um, so where do you think burnout stems from? Is this relational? Is this work? Is it spiritual? What do you guys think? Okay, so for me, my burnout is... My burnout stemmed mostly from... It's not, it's not their fault. It's really not anybody's fault. But for me, it was like church and friends because um, I didn't know how to navigate emotional boundaries and as a result Mm. I had a lot of people who were emotionally reliant on me at the same point in time and when everybody's like depressed and anxious and coming to you and it's like oh no please don't kill yourself I have to wake up tomorrow morning (laughs) I don't have time for this I'm so tired so it would be that coupled with like 12 hour weekends at church and then mm. people assuming that I was free and available because I was homeschooled. Um, and I can't really say I blame them for thinking that because I did make myself available initially, but I was not mindful of the boundaries that I should be setting for myself in the first mm. place. Like mm. I didn't know they should, ex- I didn't know that, they should have existed and when I I was not really I didn't really recognize the signs that I was tired mm. I just thought okay I can keep going so why not keep going um mm. 
yeah and it just kind of spiraled from there yeah. mm. but they see hope right i mean they see hope from you and then they see that you're actually able to to help them right and in a way that you show wisdom right and then you show the availability that you can actually be there for them and in a way they they felt drawn to you and you know they they feel that you can actually have or lend them your, your listening ear allow them to share right to share their struggles or difficulties yeah and in a way that almost makes it worse like Mm. I feel like it's a huge privilege when people come to me and they see they show that they trust me by mm. telling me that they've got a problem or they need help. I feel like that's yeah. a huge sign of trust mm. for me and it's really an honor. Mm. But in that also when I know that oh no, these people who are coming to me, they don't have very many friends. Mm. So it's like not that it should be all on me, but it did feel like mm. initially it was all on me to be the person to solve their problems be the person that was there for them at 2am and <laughs> it was yeah. just it was it was my fault in a sense because i didn't set the boundaries mm-hmm. but also you can't really blame anybody because yeah. we i mean like i'm still i'm still pretty young i like to think i'm pretty young um yeah. I'm pretty young but um, so were the people who needed help Mm -hmm. so none of us knew what boundaries were nor how to navigate them Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. what about you Ethan what do you think where it stands from oh Mm. um, I don't think there's one thing that like kicks off burnout i think it's the result of a lot of different circumstances that coincide and results in you burning out mm-hmm. of course different places make it a lot easier for you to be burnt out so for some people it's school for some people it's a workplace or for some people it's a toxic relationship or whatsoever but i think it's in conjunction with all these different factors of like your spiritual life your physical health um your emotional support group and even your self-awareness of your own boundaries. Mm-hmm. All those things in conjunction, I think, results in how capable you are of avoiding burnout or the likelihood that you will burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people that burn out in like the simplest of situations simply because they have terrible coping mechanisms mm-hmm. or they just don't know how to rest. And then there are people in seriously high-stress jobs that are living their best life and are like just so happy because they have the right emotional support systems and they know how to rest and take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's this term called compassion fatigue, right? It's actually a unknown mm. medical condition, right? In which someone becomes numb to the suffering of others yeah. and they feel less able to display empathy toward them or loses hope in their ability to help. And it's a condition that happens and affects a lot of healthcare professionals. Um, yeah. Or anybody who is regularly exposed to human suffering, so I think in a nutshell, we need to we should be suffering well. Have you heard of this term, suffer well? Right, it's part of the mental yeah. well-being. So it's like taking back to Christianity, right? Jesus, mm-hmm. he suffered well, right? Yeah, and mm. um, and how do we really cope, right? Or really see the difference between stress and burnout? I think it's key to differentiate stress and burnout. So maybe let's explore um, this part of it. Like, what is stress to you guys? And how do you overcome stress? 
think stress is like a normal thing. Like everyone feels stress. Mm -hmm. It's just like mm -hmm. when you feel, or for me, it's like when I feel pressure or I feel like a sense of responsibility and weight for something that's important. So sometimes it's my work. Like I feel stressed about this upcoming project or this upcoming um, role that I have to fulfill. And sometimes it's stress from like my relationships. Like I, I worry for my friends and I worry that like, oh, I hope that he's doing okay because he's in this circumstance. And that's very different from burnout because mm -hmm. uh, you can experience stress and you can still like live your life and love people properly and love yourself properly. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're burnt out, it really inhibits your capacity to fully experience life and it, it inhibits your ability to love people and yourself properly. Um, so I think they're very wow. different. Yeah. Stress can lead to burnout, but I don't think they're the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think for me, stress has always been more short-term, whereas burnout was the result of like mm. the long-term accumulation of yeah. stress. Because yeah. like, I can just be stressed one-off about some projects or whatever, and then get over it and be fine and not be burnt out. But if I have too many stressful events happening mm. at once, then that can lead to burnout. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. So any any remedies or tips to share with um listeners out there uh or teenagers? How do you guys how would you guys um advise someone who is recovering or rather who is suffering from burnout? Uh, how can this person recover? And what are the things that he or she can do to yeah, to overcome burnout? Maybe uh, they're just like three to five things. Okay, for me, most of my burnout, a huge amount of my burnout came from church. So what my friends and my family made me do was like, Emma, for the next six months, you're not going to serve. And I was like, what? Mm. Why? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm so fine. I'm so fine. I'm like, the denial is very strong. I don't feel anything, but I'm fine. <laughs> and then they were like, you're clearly not fine. You need to stop. So then I was like, okay. And I just quote Takit and I did not serve and I felt a lot of guilt from that initially. Mm. So I think learning how to rest and then from there set boundaries for yourself in whatever aspect it is that you're burning out in, mm. whether it's like relational, like, okay, now when I know that my friends are depressed or going through something, I will make time for them, but I won't do that for every single person that comes my way. I choose mm. to be intentional about mm. who I reach out to. So instead of like five people all at once, it'll be like maybe two. Mm. And for me, that is a boundary that I set for myself. Mm. Earlier you yeah. said that so you were, sorry, earlier you were saying that you were guilty about something. You were guilty from, from not serving? Ooh, okay, so like, Guilt is a huge factor in my mm. life. I'm very guilt motivated. <laughs> okay. the, moral the moral obligation yeah. is very strong with me. Um, and part of the reason why I think I burnt out is because I never felt like I could justify taking a break. Mm. Um, I would look at the people around me who are serving in church and be like, oh, this person's doing this and this and this. Oh, I feel bad now. N why shouldn't I be able to help at this service or lead this thing or help in this event? Mm. And then I would just keep going and taking on more and more and more, not realizing that people were looking at me and going like, 
why are you doing everything? <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. Well, I think it ties into like what you said earlier. Like sometimes when you're being productive and when you're technically being like, when you're putting out good work, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to stop because it's like, but I'm being productive yeah. and it feels great yeah. to be productive. You yeah. massive workaholic. You can't say I'm not. Um, <laughs> you can't say I'm a workaholic now. Um, <laughs> But it's so difficult to stop when you're being productive. Mm. Um, and I can like definitely see that in you and with church. And church is like s- such a difficult topic sometimes yeah. when it comes yeah. to talking about burnout. Because in it's like on one hand, you're giving to God. But I think it's a lot about posture. You yeah. know? It's like, what am I giving out from? Is it from gratitude or is it from obligation? Yeah. So like if you're burning out from church, then <laughs> it's like... I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a sketchy situation because I know that when I was burning up from church, I was definitely not giving from a place that was of God and that was not biblical of me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, mm-hmm. yeah. But I would think it's more like moral obligations though, you think? Because earlier you mentioned mm-hmm. about moral obligations, right? I think maybe mm-hmm. it's not just really at church or from church. How about the other areas in your life? Like, do you also feel that you have to do, you feel obligated most of the time for other tasks at hand? Um, or like even with your depressed friends? Yeah, oh, like, people. especially with my friends. Um, mm. it, especially the ones who I don't know if they've got the right community supporting them. Mm. It's always like, or not always, but it used to always be, if I don't respond to this text message, who's to say they're not going out there and doing something stupid and feeling a lot of guilt from that because I was I was so tired mm. but at the same time I couldn't stop because this could really impact somebody's life mm. badly and feeling the pressure from that and the guilt from that mm. not just from one person but from multiple people was a lot mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely have a very high level of compassion, Emma. You know, it's uh, a high level of You're blessing and my curse, <laughs> empathy, right? I think it's it's just a matter of um, understanding when and how to draw a line, mm-hmm. right, between helping mm-hmm. individual. I mean, we can't help everybody. I mean, we can help people, but we just can't help everybody, right? And mm-hmm. importantly, we also don't want to have that messiah complex personality yeah. Oh, yeah. which is what i had yeah. for a long time yeah yeah i think this is something that only jesus can help um, oh, definitely right. Amen. yeah so that's the yeah. thing that we have to but at, same, but at the same time you definitely also have a lot of dopamine right a few good dopamine <laughs> <laughs> neurotransmitter that will release when you are getting your work done in a productive manner uh, yay mm. <laughs> how yeah. about you ethan talk to us what about yourself like in terms of um you know when how do you, how do you really manage your burnout correct oh, how do i like recover from it yeah recover mm. from it um i think like because my spiritual life is so intertwined with my work life and my relational life um for me i had to really step back and reflect and think like why am i tired all the time why am i like um, feeling so exhausted and why does my capacity to love feel so minimized in this period of my life um, so I think like particularly I think like sometime this year I was around like August mm-hmm. September I don't know around that time I was like really 
working a little bit too much. Um, and it wasn't like anybody's fault. It's, I, we always come back to like, it's not anyone's <laughs> fault, but I think like mm-hmm. um, in the end, I had to like, I was really working much, way too much. I was working like six, seven days a week in like 10, 12 hour days. And it just wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I had to step back and like reflect and think like, why, why am I working so much? Mm-hmm. Um, why am I like feeling so tired? Why am I just feeling burnt out, I suppose? Mm-hmm. And why am I burnt out? And um, I think a lot of it came from the posture and the attitude that I was approaching things with. And I think sometimes it was with friends that made me feel burnt out. Sometimes it was work. And for work, I think I had to step back and think like, why am I working so much? Um, mm. Like, what is the purpose behind all of this? Mm. And for me, work is always so closely tied to my relationship with God. And it's that I want to serve and I want to worship in the capacity that I've been given and make the full use of my time and the blessings that have been given to me. And for me, that means like working my best at my job. But that does not mean working like every single day mm. till like my eyes are like gone and I it's can't see it. 2 a.m. this guy. Okay, am I the first? <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> like was... I would get work things sent back to me at like two in the morning. I'm like, I told you to go to sleep. But sometimes like you just work. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to stop that. I haven't done that so much lately. Yeah, you haven't. I feel like you've last been, night. Been, but anyway. <laughs> we're you getting better. You didn't send me anything. Uh, okay, but. good. I think I can I sent Jamie something. But it's okay. Uh, I'm working on it. That's the point. But I think like <laughs> reflecting on like why I was working so much, I had I stood back and I was like, in the end, all of this is for the kingdom of God. All of this is not for my glory and it's not for my clout or for my own pride. It's so that I can um work closer to Jesus and I can spend more time doing what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And if that work overtakes the importance of my relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. then I think that slowly made me burn out because then I'm no longer working from a place of my love and gratitude um, for Jesus. It becomes like my own idol. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I love working. And I do love working. I'm a little bit, I, I love being productive. Um, work mm-hmm. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay you didn't have the, the denial the denial um yeah but for me when it comes to work it was really like i had to sit back and think like no i i, I want to do this because it is out of my gratitude and it's out of like my appreciation and it's a form of worship for me and to me it always comes to the back to um working from a place of rest and uh, my worship in, in god mm-hmm. and i think yeah this how i worked out of it at least mm-hmm. i think for friends like um, I don't have as many depressed friends going on as Emma, but I have like some people that I really care for who aren't always in the best headspace. Um, and I think like when I get tired by them and when I get exhausted, I, I, I realize that I tend to be looking at how do I fix their problems? How do I make them like mm. not broken? It's not broken. our job to like fix their Exactly. It's not our yeah. jobs to fix yeah. their life. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Because I always have to remind myself when I'm talking to someone who's like venting or like processing something, People aren't problems, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's so bizarre for me to work my he- work my head around because my first gut instinct is always like, "Okay, that's your problem. Go do this and this and this." Yeah. But people aren't problems. People just want to be heard and like loved and given a space to express themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when I come back to like realizing that my relationship with people isn't a therapy session, mm-hmm. it's friendship and it's intimacy and it's companionship. I think that shifts my mindset um, from one of like working super hard at a relationship to one of 
rest and companionship and just loving my friends because I can and I want to. Yeah. You would make a very good coach, Ethan. Ah, yeah. Thank you. That's so because, sweet. Because you said something about it's not about the person's problem. It's really about the person. You know, it's the same thing with coaching. You don't want to be coaching the person's problem, but you want to coach the person, mm. right? You want to listen. Mm. Um, you want to be there for them. You want to hold space, mm. right? Allowing them mm. to share their problems, right? And then empowering them, right? And this is exactly mm. what you said earlier. You know, even the two of you, even you, Emma, you know, you definitely also have that um, coaching, empathy, right? The traits, yeah. And I know that your dad is a clinical psychologist, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what's wrong with my kid. <laughs> oh, no. What? There's nothing wrong with you, Emma. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and your mom, your mom oh. is a, PhD, a professor in? Um, literature. Literature. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Okay. okay guys so we are almost coming to an end of our podcast interview and thank you so much and before we go um, maybe what's one thing that you would say to teenagers out there who are listening to us and yet they're not sure what to do um, you know how to really recover from burnout is there any way that you can say to them what would you say to them I would say it does get better, but when you are better, don't let that make you cocky and assume that just because I'm better now, I will never be worse in the future. Mm. So being aware that just because you're in a high now, you will never get hit by a low. Growth isn't linear. Yeah, growth Mm. is not linear. And it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be upset at yourself Mm. for taking two steps back. Because, like, I mean, like Ethan was saying, growth isn't linear. Mm. You can't hate yourself for... It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. not worth it. Mm. So good. Mm. How about you, Ethan? I think... Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we make problems for ourselves sometimes when we don't have problems. Mm. And the thing about life is that we are always constantly going to have problems. That's like a... A guarantee mm. like there's always going to be something that's going down um and i think 2020 has made that very apparent mm. so sometimes it's less about fixing the most immediate problem um before you and it's more about creating a space and a lifestyle rest for yourself that makes living through all of these problems a little bit easier because we're always going to have things that we have to get through it's just how do we come at them with a posture of rest and a posture mm. of optimism and positivity that yeah oh wow oh. this is so good mindset is really key yeah 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 you're right emma you know like what um you know like i was sharing with you guys earlier about ends right it's basically mm-hmm. automatic negative thoughts so don't play out painful scenario in your mind that don't mm. even exist in the present moment yeah right so don't it's even think about it. that so you're like fortune telling yourself Right, people yeah. tend to say something so mm-hmm. negative. Oh, you know, like it's this. Like, don't jinx <laughs> Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. I think this is something that is such a, a human nature, and it's always mm-hmm. the first negative thing that comes up from our mouth, and it's so easy mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the mindset change. How do we get our mind to believe 
you know, that it's not always negative and mm. we can actually take charge, right, mm. of situations. Mm. Okay, guys, thank you so much for uh, my for attending today's podcast. I'm so glad to have you on our show today. Thank so you so listeners- much for having us. Yeah. Oh, you're most welcome. So listeners out there, I hope that today's session, you find, you know, Ethan and Emma's session very insightful and informative. And um, I'm going to post their contact, maybe just Facebook or Instagram or even Emma's podcast on my show notes. And then if you guys want to contact them, feel free to get in touch with them. And Ethan yeah. actually works Slide at... Slide into those DMs. <laughs> at City Revival. That sounds neat. Uh, I work at City Revival and City on Hill. Yeah. So I was saying... Yeah. Yes. So I'll post a link out on my show notes as well. All right. Thank you so much. And this is uh, Karen from Make Not Sexy Podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>